All right, well, welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. You can check us out on iTunes. Search Glue or search Glue Guys. And thank you again, thebrooklyngame.com, for hosting us on your website, Brian. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Merry Christmas. Oh, thanks. Happy Hanukkah. You did not want me to ask you how your Christmas was. That upset you. What are you talking about? No, I just got uh, <laughs> I just got stopped by friend of a friend on the subway. It was like, you know, hey, are always going? the worst people. Wasn't paying attention. I was like, you know, looking miles away, not paying any attention. Stopped me. Couldn't put it together who this person was at first. And then was like, so we had nothing to talk about. I had never said, I have said two words to this person my entire life. Male Why? or female? She's female. Mm. Why did you stop me? What are we going to talk about now? This is going to be awkward. So we were just like, how's your holidays? And I was like, yeah, all right. But luckily... I knew that we were going to see each other soon because of an email chance. I was like, I will see you then. And that was a good ending. Um, so, but no, but don't get me, don't get it twisted. I'm, I like it when you ask me about how my holidays were. Um, I appreciate it because I care. I, I do care. Yeah. Got some great stuff for Christmas. Really. What'd great. you get? Um, I got a, hey, I got one of these Kindle things finally that everyone's talking about. <laughs> you, you jumped on the Kindle boat. Yeah. Five years late to everything. That's my policy. I got it. You know, so a cynical person would say that you could get your Kindle on your phone, uh-huh. that you can read any book you want to on your phone. So why would you buy a Kindle? I love the experience of it. I love. Oh, so it's a Kindle Fire. I don't, I'm not going to read oh, any books on this thing. God. I'm just going to be watching Netflix and, and. So you got that crappy iPad. And, uh, yeah, pretty much a crappy iPad. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're real late to the party. Yes. Yes. Did you not have an iPad? Is there not a you know touch what? screen device? My, my fiance has a, an iPad uh, that she does not let me use because the last one she let me use, I smashed into a thousand pieces. Really? But that's the only time I've ever... No, that's the only... Yeah, that's the only time I've ever broken any like thing like that. I've never broken a phone in my life, never... And then this stupid iPad. You know why? It was because it was, you know, upright and it was like used using one of those things and it just mm. I bumped into the table and it flipped right b- smack it's on really the kind of her face. fault, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Get a better thing. Irresponsible. Anyhow, but um, it was great. Otherwise, we got some tea and stuff, you know, really great stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah. What life do you live? A lot of teas and soups. A lot of teas yes. and soups going on. What kind of yeah. tea did you get? Uh, you know, it was my sister's uh blend that she makes soothing. What's going on, Smeltzer? Making a weird face. No, nah, it's just our levels like suddenly went wild and crazy. Um, what did you get for Hanukkah? Um, I didn't really get all that much. You didn't get anything for Hanukkah. What about Christmas? Because I had my wedding. Wow, it's kind of tough They're to ask for anyone to get you a gift. I mean, my, my parents gave me money. Money's the greatest oh, thing in the world. Never mind. I just feels. Um, I feel weird. I feel bad for you all of a sudden. I, I don't know how to. My wife's family does. Their stockings that they do is the greatest thing. Yeah. The greatest gift possible. So the, the stockings become a 300 plus dollar amount of gifts within it. It's weird to me that, that that's like a high priority for you. Like thinking about the monetary value behind the, like the, 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 the value why? of the stuff. No, st- I mean, how else would you evaluate <laughs> it? Because gift? you're adults and these are your parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> The, the gift was incredible. I mean, there was what? a gift card to Whole Foods. There was a gift card to a restaurant. Oh, wow. This is all in the stocking. The stocking is incredible. I also got you know, the stuff that, like, you don't, yeah, but like, 
I got like a, a pint mug that uh-huh. has, I loved it. It's a football one. Yeah. Is it a skins? <laughs> it has lines that says first down, second down, third down. Oh. And touchdown. Well. So you, you can play a drinking game with yourself. About getting touchdowns, just chugging, <laughs> chugging beers. Touchdown. I got yeah. excited about that. Yeah. I got um, my wife's mother, my mother-in-law, gave me a, uh, it's a digital scale that you can ask, let's say I want to make sangria. Mm-hmm. You put the, the bowl or the pitcher, and you start pouring and stuff, and it tells you when to stop via the weight of it. I'm going to guarantee you never use this thing. It sounds awesome, but you'll and, never use it. And she, my wife's mother, yeah. my mother-in-law listens to this podcast, so yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll Thank tell you, you what we, we do. It's before we get into it. We're going to get touch on a bunch of net stuff, but I do want to... Uh, we did Secret Santa in my family this year, so only one gift per person because nobody... Everyone was tired of getting everyone gifts, but we called it Clandestine Krampus. That was my idea. And we all dressed up. We all, put, we all covered family. ourselves in sticks. It was great. It was good. Did you know about Krampus before the movie? Grades. Quarterly grades. Evaluations. Basketball players. Value. Basketball players. Smelts. Yes. That was, yeah, that came in too low. That came in too <laughs> low. <laughs> what the hell was that? Um, it's sorry fine. About that. We're not going to, we're not going to touch it, but just, I want you to know that that was too low. So if you couldn't hear that, my fault again. Um, God damn it. We'll play it, play it real quick. You know what? I just clicked out of it. That's fine. It doesn't really matter. So, so what we're going to do, uh, grades. We're going to grade out the team. You know, sort of a, a hallmark of the BrooklynGame.com is the grading system with which we evaluate the Nets. Yeah. Uh, we are going to do that. We call it quarterly grades when it's sort of it's trimester. Mid-season. Yeah. Almost to the halfway point. Yeah. Well, yeah. Trimester. The best way to couch it is end of the year grades. Mm-hmm. Right. It's we're recording this on today is Tuesday. That's right. New Year's Eve is Thursday. I don't know. Nah, it doesn't really matter. Um, so we're going to grade out each of the players on the team so far in the season. Uh, this is, you know, as sophisticated as I think we're going to get on yeah. this podcast. Well, we should we should touch on this. So it's this is Tuesday, December 29th, I guess, if, if Thursday is the 31st. So the Nets have been, they won against Miami last night. And up until that, they've been sucking pretty noticeably. Um, and that win was that win was big because yeah. this team was turning to a dark corner, yeah. and it it was getting to the point where you're just even questioning if they're ever going to get back to being like respectable. Because there was a respectable stretch early in December when they were what like three and three to begin. To, there's some no, we we started zero and seven first of all in December. Yeah, what stretch am I thinking of? I don't know. It doesn't sound <laughs> before I guess wrong. There was some stretch where it, things were promising. It yeah. was so long ago, and not promising, but like stabilized. And then this team just took a, a nosedive and a stunk. Yeah. Played some close games, but when yeah. you're this bad, close doesn't really matter. All like, we do is we play games. the you know upper echelon of the East, uh, and we win those games. That's what that's what we're that's what we're exclusively doing nowadays. We don't care. Beat Miami. Beat Atlanta. Beat Chicago. Beat you Houston know. twice, and Houston now is suddenly Houston. Uh, looking like a better team. Yeah, we just play the we just play the top competitors hard. So let's do this. I'll we'll each go back and forth. Almost beat the Warriors. Almost beat the Cavs. Um, I'll name a player. You'll name a player, and we'll we'll grade them out. 
The way I did it was uh, starting lineup at a, in. Yeah, that's well, how I did a taste melt. So that's great. Blah blah blah. <laughs> All right, should we start with Jared Jack? Sure. What is your grade? So I had I had trouble with this one because okay, so my expectations for Jared were so so abysmally low. You know, I thought that he was going to be the heel of the season, and to his credit, you know, well, he's not. I mean, I still loathe watching him play basketball. Not the heel of the season for me. And has had nights where I'm like, okay, this Jared Jack business is not like so, so it doesn't make me want to stab my eyes. So I gave him a B minus. I gave him B minus. No kidding. B minus. Look at us go. Um, so just, and that's basically like, so it's like, before we go into all this, I think it's important to you, um, you know, talk about how we, how we, you know, render these, these grades. And, and a lot of it is about expectations. You know, exactly. You don't want to give, you're not going to give your not Willie taking Reed the same a, test. an F just because... Yeah, exactly. Right. There's so a, it's grading on the curve. There's a layer of expectation with each guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it gets a little bit harder as you get to the end of the bench because what are the expectations? I mean, really? Right, exactly. Um, but especially for these starters, it... Uh, so I think Jack is a solid B-. minus. Yeah, so I thought Jack was going to be a hard F. And right. he, like, hasn't been, so that makes him a B-. minus. <laughs> and, and, we'll, and we'll get to this... When um, we get to Shane Larkin, but when Darren left, you thought the point guard position on the team would be a horror show, mm-hmm. possibly one of the worst position groups in the league. What, what kind of a show? A horror show. What kind? American horror story? Oh, a horror show. A show. horror. Yeah. <laughs> a horror? Is that how you say it? I don't know. When you were, when you were saying horror? before, it sounded a little... A horror show? A horror show. Yeah, a horror Do you want sure. a horror show? Yeah. <laughs> um... And when in not not like Jared Jackson played phenomenally at all. It's not that he's played really well, but he's played well enough. Um, he seems like, and I don't really know if the stats bear it out, but just by the eye test, he seems like he's taking less mid-range crappy jumpers. He still takes a fair amount. I mean, he still has like it's it's roughly the same kind of issues, but just to a lesser degree. Um, I don't know. He's I don't know what fine. to be minus. I mean, again, yeah. It was really depressing to start the season with Jared Jack starting point guard. Yeah, the season's been depressing, but it's not because of Jared Jack. Sure. Um, so I think B minus is fair. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I put Boyan as the starting shooting guard. Okay. C minus. That's exactly what I gave him. Wow. Wow. We are we are in sync right now. Simpatico. Um, what does that mean? Simpatico. No, that works. Um. So I do positive, negatives, and overall. So my positive was that he he shot the ball. He shot the ball fine this year. Not really. From you know three. what I was really surprised to learn is that he shoots thirty five percent from three, uh, because yeah. it seems like he misses everything, every shot he has ever taken from the three point line. I think it's just because maybe he'll hit three in a row, and then yeah. that'll provide him the base to get that number. Mm-hmm. He's been disappointing. Why he gets a C minus? So I don't put C as an average. Yeah. C. To me, like B minus would be average. Like what Jared Jack was, yeah. C plus B. So he just sort of he's flatlined this year. He's been about the same that he was last year. Yeah, he doesn't really do anything besides his ten points a game. Yeah, gets a couple of rebounds. That's fine. He's he's uh, noticeably still very uncertain of himself, a little anxious, and I think the best indicator of that, and this has been you know like through basketball history, is the fee- the free throw percentage. So. 82% last year, 69% this year. That, and that, to me, is an indicator of where the confidence is at. What was the numbers again? 82% last year, 69% this year. Yeah. A considerable drop-off. And and it's just, it's, it, you'd think he would, 
increases level of assertiveness this year. It hasn't happened. The team needed him to improve just slightly. Just like he's at nine points a game, make him a 12 or 13 point score. Mm-hmm. Maybe create a little bit more. Yeah. Hasn't happened. No. Uh, he's not a negative. He's not, um, you know, the reason why this team stinks, but he's the reason why this team isn't necessarily better. Yeah. He's part of the reason why. Because he hasn't really grown at all. And you kind of wanted him to see some growth out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Johnson. <laughs> Joe Johnson for me is the only hard F on this. Hard F. Hard, hard F. Failing. Well, maybe not hard F. Maybe like a 59, you know, one of those, one of those token Fs. But yeah. Still an F, you know. Uh, I, I put D minus. Yeah. I struggled. I had D minus I mean, first and then I was like, actually, I need it because I have another D minus and so someone's going to get. Actually, you have another D minus. Well, I think of what? Is it the coach or? Uh, oh no, sorry. I have a D plus. No. Oh, I didn't even grade Hollins. You know, he's getting enough. Yeah. Um, but. Johnson, yeah, I don't know. They're just, uh, I mean, the most kind of conspicuously disinterested player in the NBA has gotten more disinterested somehow. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's just really a pain to watch. And it's hard to give him, I mean, it's not actually hard to give him a negative score. Uh, he is one of the few veterans of his level mm-hmm. that even though he's playing so poorly and the team stinks, yeah. He's not a negative impact on the team in terms of personality. Yeah, no, he's... What, you said he's not a negative? Not a negative in terms of personality. So that's why right. I don't give him the F. I give him this, oh, just the personality <laughs> for, his, for those leadership himself. qualities that he's... Yeah, yeah. He, he, uh-huh. he gets the Esprit de Corps award on the team. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> which I really don't know what that means. I know it's an award that you get in band. Yeah. Um, but I'm still not sure something what it good. means. Something good. Something good. Something uh, good. Some stats, okay? Oh, good. Statistical stuff to back it up. Of all the players that have played at least 20 minutes a game in the entire NBA, Joe Johnson has the 10th worst field goal percentage. So guys mm-hmm. who regularly in the rotation, 10th worst field goal percentage, Joe Johnson. Of all the players who have attempted at least 10 shots a game, 10 mm-hmm. shots, that's a good amount of shooting. Mm. Joe has the fourth lowest field goal percentage, and Kyrie is on the list that I saw. So Kyrie doesn't really count because he's barely played yeah. this year. Um, I think Kobe Bryant was ahead of him, and... Emmanuel Moutier, which is having he's having a historically awful yeah. shooting season for a guard. Joe is Joe is dead, right? Mm-hmm. And he's getting the most yeah. minutes per game on the team. Is that the next day you're gonna trot out? It's just I it, and I guess like what else do you do? Mm-hmm. You you have you to don't play him. What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't play him. 30, this team is not that good. Thirty five they... minutes a game to take a look at Markel Brown to take a look at. I would I would prefer Sergey Karasev get you maybe know, you're right. fifteen minutes a night just to eat into all that a little bit because honestly I know what I'm going to get out of Joe Johnson I'm I'm going to get loafing I mean in the last five minutes of that stupid Miami game Holmes kept him in just getting burnt just getting roasted alive by Dwayne Wade towards the end of the game could do nothing and every every play trot him out on defense like it's gonna like he's gonna do something he didn't even didn't even gesture in Dwayne Wade's like general direction as he blew past him didn't even it was, and this is this is the horrible position that the team is in: is that they do have to rely on a guy like Joe Johnson, and he's so bad. Why rely? Why why do they have to rely for the? Well, like, no, in their mindset, wins? that they rely on him. They think they have to rely on him. They think of him as one yeah. of the leaders of the team, the best wing offensive player on the team. That's what they think of him as. Do they really? Th- does anyone I, other they, than Lionel Hollins think that? Does well, that's the guy I'm talking about. He's the only guy that matters it's, right now. Yeah, I guess. So bad. And, and you know, we were talking beforehand, but 
the by the way, I'm sorry, I'm watching New York One. Mm. There's a woman doing a stand up and behind her there's someone gleefully texting mm. um unaware. The <laughs> uh Yeah. Joe Johnson is the most fun contracted trade in the NBA trade machine. Did I tell you that I saw Pat Kiernan on a uh, subway on the L train? Really? Yeah. Did you say hello to him? He was too far away, but he saw me seeing him and knew that I knew who he was. I'm sure Pat Kiernan liked that. I think he did. I think he did. He gave me a little wink and a nod. Did he give no, you a wink? No, he did not. He did none of those things. He, no, he didn't want to be seen by me. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, just essentially Joe Johnson's bad. D minus, you gave him an F. Well, he's the reason also why Lionel Hollins gets the F for me personally. It's just, it's so, people like the national media are talking about how bad Joe Johnson is and how many minutes, like, we're, who was it? I think Zach Lowe had the article where it was like basically they're trotting out a corpse of Joe Johnson every night. And it is a huge problem that is another one of these things that like Lionel Hollins just can't, isn't capable of handling the politics of it or isn't doesn't want to or doesn't see the issue or i don't know and and it and it becomes to the point where it's like just not that interesting to watch in the least bit Mm -hmm. um he's been bad he needs to move to the bench seriously he needs to move to the bench um and that's the rest of joe johnson thad young i gave thad young a hard a my only hard a i gave him a b plus Mm -hmm. just because there's my thing is like a little bit there's like if it, there's a ceiling be, that we'd be thought, tough to give someone anyone on this team an a yeah it would just be hard no, you know what it is it's that thad young so despite his you know he's having a good statistical year and everything like there's that his ceiling for me was like not this I, this is above the ceiling that i that i had for thad young i did not think that he was capable of having a season like this and also, he's the only guy that really is laying it out, like, emotionally. He's, he's there. He's there in spirit. He's also just, like, dedicated to the team in a way that's kind of unique. He's just uh, all around. He's, he's been very – it's been the best signing for me by far out and, of all these guys. And at the time of that Garnett trade, God, I wasn't that excited to have Thad Young on the team. But he's done everything better than what I thought. I mean, again, we're talking about expectations here. The expectation of him is sort of like a, a four who – He's really not a step out for, but is athletic and complimentary, but not a guy that will be a real big stat producer. And he's been great this year statistically. Yeah. Um, yeah if he could add that three pointer, he'd be a step away from Paul Millsap, and then that would be something great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't he, that be nice? He's he's MVP of the season, or is it Brooke? I mean, I guess it's really not. How can you have an MVP on a team this this bad? But you know, I I would say he, him and Brooke have been. The only two really, really solid NBA proven players on this whole team. Yeah, I mean, I give it to Thad just based on, on just funness, just based on his like, you know. I mean, they're both yeah. It's it's very close. It's close race. Hard. Don't don't make me choose Mills. And and the other fun thing about Thad Young is that, so I was somewhat against signing him to a contract just because I think there's a limit to how good he could be, and th- there's still that case for me, but. His contract is going to be at the point where, especially after this cap rises, that he's going to be a team, uh, a player that teams could want. Mm-hmm. I went through the trade machine a little bit. Um, I was looking around for Thad Young options. So if this team continues to stink, trading Thad Young and Brooke Lopez becomes sort of like the most attractive thing for this team to do all over again. It becomes the the way that they can completely change where they're headed. I looked at a Memphis trade. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, Zach Randolph is not that good this year. Ugh. Uh, okay, but here, here's what I'm selling. So no. Memphis has gone up recently. They 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 had looked poorly, but they've been playing well of recent. Mike Conley may leave the team. No, Mike. No, Zach Randolph and Mike Conley Ugh. for Thad, Jared, Jack, and Boyan. I don't want it. I don't you want don't it. want you don't want the guarantee that Mike Conley is on your team right now. Thirty year old Mike Conley. I don't need another. Yes, I don't need another yes. thirty year old. Are you kidding me? No, <laughs> no. you're insane. <laughs> no. Yes, if this team could get Mike Conley on the team right now, especially for what I just said, uh huh. And, just and then have... you could sign him for a contract, and then you would have a real point guard to put with Brook Lopez. Yes. Do I really want that? Do I want to watch that that squad? <laughs> Zach Randolph. I know your dream Brooke squad. Lopez. What is it? Batum and uh, Rondo. Rondo. Yes, I want to watch fun basketball. Finally, we I'm don't. So tired. We don't want Rondo on I'm this team. I'm so tired of boring basketball. It's killing me. I've... Yeah, but Rondo is is oh, Darren no. Mike grumpier would... and grumpier. And not a good person. No, he's a bad person, but he plays super fun, fast-paced basketball. And not, to, but is the team that had Jason Collins really gonna have Rondo, who <laughs> said the homophobic slur to yeah. a, a ref who yeah. then was sort of forced to come out? I mean, do you really want to have that? Um, not that not, at a discount, yeah. Just as, yeah, I, okay, at a discount, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like the Araldis Chapman yeah, trade to the Yankees, my, like. My inner like domestic abuse discount that they got—that's <laughs> insane my inner, to me. My inner MBA is telling me that uh, we could we could get them at a discount. That, <laughs> that, that would be okay. Um, no, it's all reprehensible. Yada yada yada. But um, I'm not. T- I'm not asking you to you to be you know express a, a, a my moral line up morally with Rondo. Here's the, the thing: the I, I, I have just... a I have a no moral outrage policy. I I, huh? I excuse it all. So that's, that's the smartest way to do it. I, that's my whole thing, and it's I, you know, I, I, you know, I like it when other people express it, and that's fine. You're like, I, I like that. I, I just don't, I don't like to be there myself, you know. And that's, you know, it's an expression of my privilege, and you know, all that. Let's get. I'm, let's get I'm typically that. not there. Yeah, I'm, I'm anti, but, but in this one case, as the the whole picture, Rondo's not pretty. Just the whole thing, the whole package. except for the exciting basketball, except for tennis that he plays. And, yeah, yeah, come yeah, he's on, pretty great. Um. So you said A for Thad. I said B plus. Yeah. So give me give me Lopez. I said B. I said B. Pretty close, Mike. Uh, yeah. Basically, is doing what we expect of him. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. In the in the neighborhood of what we expect, he's not going to. He is not going to ascend to whatever next level there is. It's just right. not going to happen. This is who he is in his career. Yeah. Which is fine. He, he what he has done differently this year is that. Maybe just out of like the media sort of needing someone else to talk to is that he's become more of the when the yes when yes does a pregame show and they have the clip of the one player who is talking, it's becoming Brooke now because he's the quote unquote leader of the team, yeah. right? He's becoming more of the guy that people look towards, which is nice. But beyond that, I mean, he's he's been good, he's been productive, he's been healthy. Healthy is the biggest plus about him all year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the reason why he's not better than a B is still this assist issue, his inability to pass out of double teams. As this team has gotten worse and more of other teams are focusing on him, it's become bi- a bigger of a problem because he just can't pass out of double teams. Yeah, but we should. I mean, we've talked about this. We talked about this last time. He should not be in as many positions to not have you know to pass out of a double team. It's everyone should. 
Lionel Holland should be aware of the fact that everyone throws a double team at Brooke Lopez when he gets to a certain position on the, on the basketball court with his back to the basket. That happens every time like clockwork, and that, that is still an issue, is, is embarrassing. Strategically. That, and that's why I think he gets a B. Yeah. I don't, I don't hold it against Brooke Lopez anymore. Brooke Lopez knows that he has a problem with it. Everyone knows that he has a problem with it. The only people that don't know that is, for some reason, it's Lionel Hollins and PJ Carlissimo and, and Avery Johnson and everyone else. Um, Bench-wise. Should we do Rondé, even though he's got yeah. a... So I gave him a B plus just because, uh, you know, it's... There's very few players um, that sort of have such a precocious understanding of their, um, uh, what did I say, of their <clears throat> role playerness. Yeah, he's just he knows he's a role player, and he wants to accelerate the process of just being that role player. And that for me goes a long way. It goes a long way. Knowing what it is you want to do and doing it, like, and for that thing to not be like superstardom, you know, it's I think a very uh, mature way to play basketball and a indication that he's probably going to achieve that thing pretty soon and so i gave him also a b plus um smelts we are really just lockstep here he's great he he was not an elite defender but a really good defender he turnover creator elite rebounder for his position that's for sure um I think Kevin Pelton and Chad Ford had like a little back and forth and talked about the, the most promising rookies of the year. Mm-hmm. And outside of Carl Towns and Chris Stapps, I think they had Ronda Hollis Jefferson as either third or fourth. Mm-hmm. I mean, statistically, Ronda Hollis Jefferson is doing a lot of things well at such a young age that if he could only figure out a shot, then he's got like a real like Kawhi Leonard type potential. He really does. Kawhi Leonard. I don't know about Kawhi Leonard. Not Kawhi, but Kawhi Light. If you're if you're if you're really as really as good of a defensive player as he has shown with that potential, who can fill up the stat sheet besides scoring, and if you get some level of scoring, like Michael Kidd Gilchrist is a fair comp, right there. But I mean, like he was way not good in the first. Well, he's still not good. No, but he was really he was really important to the Hornets last year when they. I mean, he's he's a he's a pretty good player, and and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist was the second overall pick in the draft, and a guy who's making ten million dollars a year or something like that. Yeah. Ronnie House Jefferson is the fifteenth pick or whatever he was in the draft, seventeenth pick. No, he was like twenty second. So so we so if you got the value of. Michael Kidd Gilchrist is not the value of a second overall pick, but he's the value of a lottery pick. And you've got a guy like Ronnie Hollis Jefferson who is, can offer the same value for what was Mason Plumlee, which was a, a very limited center. Big positive. Um, it stinks that he's hurt. He said on his blog recently that he's not coming back until after the All-Star break, mm. which is really crappy. It's really bad. It's really um, sad. Because that's what you know, sort of why you would watch the season to see if he can develop something else. B plus though, you know you're happy. He's a surprise. He's not. He's not a horror show. No, he's not a horror show at all. Um, Shane Larkin. Uh, so I gave Shane a B. I don't know. That might be generous. I gave a B plus. Did you? So not so generous. Uh, <clears throat> the thing with Shane for me is that he always seems to be on the pr- on the precipice of having a standout game without ever actually having one, and that. And he also like has bad games, so he never really has a standout game 
he has stand up moments. You know, he has like periods of time. He's get, he'll have like three minutes where he plays really, really well and looks like, oh, he's going to have a night. But can't sustain it. Cannot sustain the the mojo necessary to. So, I mean, I think that he's proven that he has the potential to be a backup and maybe a low end backup. But it, like he he just uh, it seems to me a matter of like he has the ability to check out from time to time. Sometimes I don't notice him, and I want I want him to I want to lock him in a room with like Earl Boykin's footage. I want him to be a real yeah. fast scorer, like learn how to finish high over people. You know, um, but that doesn't seem to be in the cards. So that is my negative about him is that he doesn't look for his own shot more. Yeah. And his shot is butter. His shot falls like he's shooting 48.6% from three point range, which is, which is elite, elite point guard. If yeah. you're, if you're a point guard who can shoot that well, you're going to be in the league for 15 years. How many shots is it? How many three pointers has he even taken this year? 1.5 sh- a yeah. game. So not nearly as much, like, but still that's enough to like say that that, that, you know, percentage is like legitimate. legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. But he's probably only taking, and I got to look this up. He's probably only taking open threes if he's taking that few well, amount. I mean, he should be shooting at that percentage. You'd want him to shoot it three times a game. Well, three. they should be designing plays that ends in him shooting threes. Exactly. And that's, again, we're going to get back to Hollins's grade <laughs> later. Um, some stats that you may not know about. I don't really know what Pete goes into PER. I'm not going to pretend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but. He is 17th among point guards in the league in PER, 17.3. Better than Darren Williams, his PER, okay? His PER is better than Giannis Antetokounmpo, Brandon Knight, and Rudy Gobert. He's just below Rondo and Batum. You know, if you, he's in that class of players from, from the role that he's being given on this team. Mm-hmm. He's playing at a level that is top 100 player in the NBA. Yeah. It's <laughs> just actually something. Think yeah. about top 100 in the NBA. No, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he will be, like, prove himself to be, you know, starter quality. I just need him to have, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you ever yeah, there, get that there, feeling where it's there, like. There's a couple of notches that he's not yeah. turning it up on. He yeah. plays at a certain. But, again, the positives are when he comes in, he understands his role. Like, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, Larkin understands his role is to try to create. It's not like he's had a couple games where he looks for his own shot too much. Yeah, but most of the time, I mean, he he is trying to play the role of point yeah. guard on this team. It's true. There is that like those occasional games where he does hit like two or three threes in a row, and then it's that's he then gets it's on. <laughs> and he's then like, it's on. Steph Curry, now I got this. But I like that. This team needs yeah. that. Yeah. Um, he's a B plus to me. He's been a total positive. He was hey. just a pickup and a guy, and he's turned into a, a better than average backup point guard. There's no question he's better than average if just statistically. Um, he's not great. <laughs> I think he, it should be considered to start him at some point next to Jared Jack. I mean, I know that means more Donald Sloan maybe too, but you know, I I would I would rather just see him on the court than Boyan at the end of the games at this point. Ugh. That's D-Sloan. D-Sloan hard. She's desperately slow. It's painful. <laughs> it's painful. Got, he got some run during the concussion, the Larkin yeah. concussion. Hey, vacation. he looked pretty good there for a hot second. Yeah, for a second. For a hot second. Um, how about Wayne Ellington? So, for me, I'll say I gave him the C plus, and that's only because of last night. Yeah, right, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a C. I, I couldn't let last night. Yeah. I mean, he. I think Wayne Ellington is the leader of the why are you playing so many minutes yeah. squad. Uh, that is more of a question towards Lionel Hollins. Seems like he's in there in case we, we trot him out in case he catches fire. 
and then we just leave him out there. Just forget about him. Whoops. <laughs> I, oh, did I play him 30 minutes? I totally forgot. Wait, He's no, a three-point specialist who can't shoot threes. He really can't. I mean, he, yeah. he did last night again in the Miami game, but he just – he's not a – he's not like this great knockdown shooter. I don't know how guys get this reputation of being like three-point shooters when they can't shoot threes. He's not – he – for his position, for his like skill set, he lacks so much intuition. It's it's very interesting. Like a player like that, you would be like, oh, it's – like there, there's – I don't know how you would like look at this statistically, but I, I don't think there is another player that is more likely to blow a two-on-one fast break than Wayne Ellington. That's, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> like, there is, it always ends in a standstill, like, like kind of guarded, like weird. This team is an awful, <laughs> like, one-man-up advantage yeah. fast break team. <laughs> yeah. it, there's not a single player on the team that, besides Thad Young, I think, yeah. that knows what to do in that situation. No. Um, I mean, he's a C. Again, they have so many guys in this team that are just low cost signings that can't be all that pissed. No, I mean it's not. I don't. I don't. I just hate how many minutes he's getting and how few Markel Brown's Markel getting. Brown's getting. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. There's got to be some kind of personal animus there. It's got to be something that we don't we have don't have access to. It's and be. again, I, let's get to Markel's grade. Let's do it. C plus, I guess. I gave him an incomplete. I gave him a straight it's up tough, right? Incomplete because I mean he's getting. He's getting DMPs all over the place, and when he does play, he's getting it five minutes at a time. I mean, he gets put in the weirdest positions. Like it's almost like Holland's like has it out for him. Like he puts him in totally cold in the last f- like four minutes of a fourth quarter. Like what the hell? What is that? And then to his credit, he will like go in there and like you know hit a three and be like, wow, oh, he can hit some shots. What? Now. Where has he been all game? And it, and it seems like a. And then and Holland's with Ron Alex Jefferson being out. You think okay, <laughs> the natural thing would be then to put in Markel Brown. They're yeah. similar players. Not you don't have to start him, but play him more. Yeah, I mean it is really blowing my mind at how few. I mean there, are, Boyan Bogdanovich and and Joe Johnson are also on the why are you playing so many minutes squad that I'm directing towards Lionel Hollins. Well, just just give Markel more. Cut into run. those guys' minutes, of course. Cut into <laughs> it's not cut that into hard. Boyan. If you don't find precious Joe, Boyan certainly doesn't deserve it any more than Markel Brown does. And it's not like how old's Boyan? 26. Yeah, so it, it's not like he's going to suddenly develop into an all-star because he's so young. No. He's he is who he is. I think that's sort of the thing with Boyan, too, with my grade, is that it's kind of depressing that he is who he is. Yeah. Just not that interesting. Not I bad. wish I had Mirza back. Not gonna lie. Having a nice season over there in Phoenix. Um, but also, luckily, they are not that good, so that's pleasing to me. Yeah. Yeah, I have very play. slim news around the league, but that that's the one news around the league I don't, we got to get. Got a little press recently that the Suns are no good. Uh, you want to touch on Bargnani? Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Um, I gave Bargs a uh, no. I can't tell. I think I gave him a C minus and then wiped it out and gave him a C. Oh, that's fair of you. Um, I gave him a C. Did you? Again, okay. This is what he does. He he he's got to be one of the highest per minute scores in the NBA. <laughs> Right? <laughs> I don't know. We'd have to look into He's that. He's at least one of the highest yeah. amount of shots taken per yeah. minute in the <laughs> yes, NBA. That, that I would say is pretty true. And all of them are, you know, around the free throw line Yeah, in that little universe over there. So for me, uh, this is another one of these guys that um, I can also chalk up to misuse by, um, you know, Lionel Hollins. Uh, a guy that just doesn't. Oh, Sam, do you, have, you want to contribute? No. My wife just came over and I think put down a plate of babka. Wow! Wow! This this podcast is about to <laughs> change speed altogether. Um, do you know that if I eat that, I will fall asleep on you? 
That's but, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're getting to the end of the grade, so we'll, we'll yeah. do a celebratory thing for Hollands. We'll have yeah. some babka. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like Borgnani is another one of these guys that you could insert him in certain instances, in certain occasions, and he would be useful. But just going to him as your default backup center is a weird, bad decision. It's a bad decision. Yeah. And a, we'll do Thomas Robinson next, mm-hmm. um, who I think should be playing a lot more of Bargnani's minutes. But, like, Bargnani is, like, if he just had 10% more of a team-first mentality, just 10%, just slightly, once every five times instead of shooting the ball, he passes it, yep. he would be would do a, lot a decent him. player. Because he does hit that shot. For a guy who takes about the worst shot in basketball, that mid-range jumper, the worst kind of shot, he hits it probably better than most people. Sure. Um, again, and this team needs scoring. This team needs scoring desperately, and he does that, but... He often is on the floor with uh, with Boyan, and you can tell. And I, we talked about this last time. You can tell the players just don't want to pass him the ball. They really don't. <laughs> no. And then they well, do, and they happen. realize that they made a mistake yeah. immediately. <laughs> um, he never fails. He never fails. Tom, Thomas Robinson. Uh, I feel bad for this one, but I gave I give T Rob a C minus in this case. I oh, want I want to like C Thomas, plus, baby. I, I want to like Thomas <laughs> way more. Than I actually like Thomas Robinson. It's just, I mean, he's really, I mean, rooting for him so hard, but, you know, just lacks that kind of intuition to, you know, play functional, foul machine. He's just, right. He does, like, in times where he's, you know, he, he hits his, like, put back shots here and there, and he does a few good things, but really, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the niche is that we're going to find for him. Well, I'd like him to play more. At the five, I know he's not a traditional five, but so defensively, look this up. Surprising stat. I was looking up for Brooks' defensive stats because, again, the idea that Brooks a really bad defender is not not really true. No, um, that's been debunked. For opponents who take shots within six feet of the basket, T. Rob has the limits guys to the lowest field goal percentage in the league. Yeah. That's, he doesn't have many minutes. I mean, that's how, pretty incredible. It is in incredible. the league, and he's not an, an elite shot blocker. It's got to be more defense, like just positional defense. Um, he should play more at center, a little bit more. I just, I know you like Willie Reed, but I'm about to be blown away by the game. <laughs> great, I get Willie. I just like again. It's I'm in the position where this season's not going to be that all that great. I would kind of rather see Markel, Thomas Robinson, and Shane Larkin get a lot more minutes than yeah. than what they're giving. Even so, Shane Larkin played more minutes last year for the Knicks than he's playing right now for the Nets. Which, and as much as it seemed like Phil Jackson didn't like him, he still yeah. played more. He should be playing more than yeah. what he's. Well, he getting. played the most minutes for that. I mean, they had no point guards. It was bad. It was right. a bad situation. And if Jared Jack, you know, gets hurt or something, that would be the guy. Um, who's next? Uh, Willie Reed. What do you got for Willie Reed? Solid B for Willie. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, listen, my expectations could not have been lower for Willie Reed, but, um, the guy is an indomitable, you know, optimist. He's super positive always. Uh, and I don't know. There's something, I I don't know if he's going to develop that, that mid range jump shot that seems to be sometimes on and mostly eluding him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he's got, he's got nice hands down low. He catches balls that are passed to him. I mean, it's, it's, I, I would say he is 
going to I think he is going to be a backup center in this league. I think he is going to actually make it. He has legit potential. Yeah. Real potential. He just you he, there's like moments when he just stops being relevant for sure. stretches of time. Sure. Long stretches of but time. But I'm going on the record saying that you will see Willie Reed in this league for another eight years. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. I'm willing to give him a lot of minutes. I would like to just take a closer look. I'd like to take a closer look. Give him give him some of Barnani's. MPG, you know what I'm saying? Um, who's left for us? Sergey Karasev? <laughs> Karasev. Hard D. A+. Plus. <laughs> just I don't know. I don't know what right basing that D off of it. Just, Excellent goatee. I mean, he only plays garbage time. It's sad. Sad sad child. Does he need more minutes? No. No. I'm fine with that. Um, and then D slowed. Uh-oh. Ugh, I gotta, I'm on the stat page. That's not even... Oh, I may as well not even do it. Yeah. <laughs> He's fine. Um, Lionel Hollins. What do you mean he's fine? This is D. Donald the Reckoning Sloan you're talking about. <laughs> the future, the franchise. Um, and then Hollins gets a hard F for me. I was thinking D, about this. I, I was going to say D. Just, Why? Based on what? You have to do something good to get a D. What is the one <laughs> thing good you've done to get uh, a D? He has interesting hands. Stop. Be real. What is the one thing? Uh, it's tough. It's tough to say that. He he hasn't been a disaster. Has not been a disaster. Has not been a disaster. Explain that position. Maybe it's a credit more towards the players on this team, but so far, they haven't given up. I'm not saying that they should have ever given up. I mean, they've played close games and they've won some, they've beat some decent teams, but he at least seems like that he kind of has them focused a little bit. On trying to win games, it's a D. I'm what not going to defend him. Talking about? I'm not going to defend him. I can't defend him. The, he hasn't been good. He hasn't do. done anything better than than replacement level here's, coach. Here's what I. Here's another moment. Just another one of the many moments that solidify how much I dislike Lionel Hollins as a coach. Dallas game, right? Boyan Bogdanovich having the one one of the very few really good games this season. He's gone five for five from the three point line. Doesn't play the fourth quarter. Doesn't play in overtime. Okay. Dumb. Bad decision. Okay, fine. But then Lionel Hollins goes on to the media when somebody asks him why he did that. And instead of saying, like, oh, I kind of forgot about him because I don't think deeply about basketball, he said, uh, he, he suggested, he made this very subtle suggestion that he had kept him out of the game for defensive reasons because he wants to protect his guys. He, that's how he colored it. He said, I want, listen, he said, it's complicated. Like, I, I, I just want to stick it for my guys here. You know, I, I don't want to talk about it, but like, I have my reasons and I just want to stick it for my guys. So what he's suggesting, I think, very, <laughs> very, you know, cryptically is that Boyan Bogdanovich was a liability on the other end of the court, uh, court, and that's why he didn't put him in. For why not? Why, why he is pathologically adverse <laughs> to taking criticism of any kind. They lost the game. You lost the game, so you can't say like I made the right decision ret- right. retroactively. You can't say that you lost the game. So you say maybe here's the answer to that question. You know what? I made the decision at the time. Maybe it was the wrong decision. You know, I have to live with that. Do That's the Doc Rivers not, just not disagree the, with the the interviewer? <laughs> yeah, but just but just to say that like 
like just to like cryptically hint that you like had some kind of special beat on what was going to happen on the defensive end when that you... we don't understand that we will never and, understand and furthermore like so why like you the reason that you did not have him I, i'm sure that didn't occur to him at the time i'm sure he just like didn't put him in the game because he's just like blah, 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 not paying attention and that's because he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. 100%. He's not, he's not, okay, he's not an analytics guy, right? We've talked about that. He's not an X's and O's guy. He's, he doesn't ride the hot hand. He doesn't, he's not a, he's not <laughs> in tune. He doesn't have his finger on the pulse of the emotions of the game. What does he do? What does he do? Nothing. What does the That's man That's my whole do? point of giving him a D, and, I, and, and I'm with you. I'm more, you okay. have to do something. <laughs> I thought you're so mad that I won't give him an F. Give him the F. Give him the, that's a that's a Lionel Holland thing to do is give him the D. You should give him an F. <laughs> <laughs> there hasn't been a single moment all year that we've said Lionel Holland's won them the game with what he did, and it's unlikely that they do in basketball that that really happens. Mm-hmm. The Nets are never the better coach team, unless they play even the games I don't know, the Sixers that they seem destined to win are up for grabs in the last like like the Sixers like, game or the Miami game last night we got stupidly close for like the last 2 minutes All right So you said F I said D I I just I just can't believe you're not going to give him an F I just can't believe it Cuz F to me would just you have to be so outwardly bad like the way it just you you just couldn't even like sort of like Hayden Christensen in the in the episodes two and three in Star Wars, just so horrible that you bring down every single thing that happens. I don't think Hollins is bringing down the team to historic proportions. I got some rumblings for you. My well, sources, I keep my ear to the street, you know. Yeah, and I hear that uh, you know I don't know if it's this year or next year, but one man will be usurping both Billy King and. Lionel Hollins. Oh, God. Keys to the franchise style. Who would that be? Do you want to know? Do you want to know what the what the rumblings are? Who Who are you getting rumblings from? I hear some rumblings. I have, I have, I, you know me. I just, I just keep my ear to the street. <laughs> the, okay. The Nets Daily message boards. What are they telling you? Calipari. You're going to see it. The, there's You're gonna see no his way. His there's name is being no way Calipari. Everywhere. His name is being peppered in everywhere there's no way that he comes to this team to the nets there's absolutely no way he leaves kentucky for a team that has zero draft picks for the next four years i'm just reporting the rumblings that has zero just there's absolutely no way i'm not saying it will or won't but if it does happen give me all the credit (laughs) (laughs) fair enough fair enough um billy king let's i I didn't put down a grade but i think we can kind of come up with one oh jeez, i didn't even think about it i just said c c minus like he here's what he gets credit for he brought shane larkin in and he's been fine thomas robinson's been okay i mean i'm a big thomas robinson fan so that's why um that's it i don't know and and that's it I mean, if we're just like using just this year as the barometer, I don't know. Yeah, it's just hard. this year. Just this year, it's Bargs is horrible. Larkin's good. Barnani, you know what's annoying about bringing up players like Barnani is that you just know Hollins is drawn to that. Is like a moth to the flame. He can't help but play a player like Barnani. Yeah, You're, and, and and he does play. I mean, again, I supported him, so I feel like wedded to this guy. But he he just. He's sort of against how you should play basketball. He really is. He's not horrible, but he's just against sort of the whole idea of what basketball is supposed to be, which is 
sharing the ball for the best shot. He takes he takes the ball for the worst shot. Yeah. Um, do you want to just like quickly do the mail? Yeah. Mail time. Mail time. I'm gonna stop it there. It goes on. We we gotta like fade that out sooner. I think it just takes forever. Um, sure. One of the one of our posters straight up said uh, <laughs> does not like the who was it? Um, oh, anyways, uh, somebody said that they didn't like the mail <laughs> mail drop. That they should get rid of the mail drop. Oh, I like uh, it. I know. I know I, all of them are just an, enough different that I think they each bring their own little flavor. So we got uh, Manuel Martinez here. Thanks for reaching out, Manuel. These are a little bit old too, but so you know, we we got to start. I'll, I'll I'll do the tweeting for for the email sphere from now on. Um. Anyways, so <laughs> which of the upcoming NBA free agents would you be okay with the Nets giving max contracts to? Speaking maybe of Conley, DeRozan, Batum, Harrison, Barnes. Uh, he said la- last week uh, or last episode he said this was the guy that said Barnes or. Um, DeRozan, and we mistakenly thought we were talking about Matt Barnes, like a couple of knuckleheads. Oh, we did? And he was talking about Harrison Barnes, obviously. Um, so anyway, so this is Manny. Uh, thank you, Manny, for reaching out. Who do you, I don't want to give... I mean, DeRozan, I would do it, but that's... I mean, but I don't know. A max contract and what this... It's very difficult to know what the finances are. This See, to me, I would... The guy I would put all my money into would be Harrison Barnes... Just because I would think that he is the most potential to be the really? best player. You yeah. really do think Harrison yeah, Barnes? I mean, this team is so desperate to do something new and different to bring in potential. And he could be a sort of situation, not James Harden, but Reggie Jackson. You know, I advocated for Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson's been fantastic this year. He could be that bench player on a contender who is productive in limited minutes, who when given more time becomes better. I don't think, you know, like. Is that a max contract sounding guy? That sounds like a max contract idea? He's going to get a max contract. Is he really? I think Harrison Barnes. I would do. What are Harrison would. Barnes' numbers right now? They're going to be you know putrid. Who, really, this Frisian class is going to stink. Yeah. Especially if Durant does stay for one more year in OKC. So, you're looking at, and Batu's been good, but is he a guy who. I mean, I guess you could say the same about Barnes, but he's not the guy who, who like changes your franchise. Really good this this season, but he's not a guy who changes your franchise. In the, he's a good player. He's a guy who fills up a lot of gaps, sort of the way that Charlotte's getting wins this year. It's it's happening for them. He's fine. He's a totally fine. He's the equivalent of Jason Hayward in basketball. Jason Hayward in baseball, great defender, can kind of fill a bunch of gaps, but not like the thumper in the middle lineup that you need. Batum does a lot of things well, but I don't think he's this. The I don't think. Thumper. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I don't think when you bring in Batum, it really is all going to change your win total that significantly. Unless if he's paired with someone else who's really good. I just don't. Batum yeah. doesn't do it for Batum, me. Batum and Rondo. Then there you go. That's, that's, that's your thumper combo. That's a lot of length. Um, Steven Scarpula. Thanks for reaching out, Steven. He says, it's the news drop is the best drop by far. Never changed. Bail drop stinks. Please change. <laughs> so says, I appreciate that, Steven. Um, I'm not going to change the mail drop because Mike likes it. And his vote, his vote counts for two. So until somebody else says the mail drop stinks. Um, Robbie Rose wrote to us again. Thanks for reaching out, Robbie. Um, 
<clears throat> didn't notice a question exactly my concern oh um he said here's my concern trading thad and brooke will get rid of two star players in hopes of requiring two new stars our center and power forward positions are covered we need a third piece um jack accepted the season larkin is fun so okay so what okay adding one might reignite joe johnson's shooting if not we could also use new shooting guards so basically it's like what position do we like target in free agency specifically like so if we you know you were talking about how fun it would be to trade brooke lopez and that young for horrible things like zach randolph but zach randolph and mike connelly and mike connelly that's the whole point zach randolph is the like the, the bad part of the trade that you have to take to get Mike Connolly. It's not. They're both bad parts of the trade. I listen. Mike Connolly, it's not the guy. That's Dude, not the guy you want. He's the he's the guy. That's not the. He's guy. the guy. He's absolutely the guy. Um, the thing they need most is a really awesome wing scorer. Someone who could actually score the basketball, and then number two is a really good point guard. If they get either of those two things in free agency, that would be a win. Mm. So we got another one from... Uh, and I hope it's not DeRozan. Al LaForest. What, you don't want DeRozan? Come on, let's get a little That would just be another disgusting, boring player. Jumpers, jumpers, jumpers. I don't want jumpers anymore. So I want Steph Curry. Can can that happen? Yeah, we can make that happen. Um, <clears throat> basically, Al LaForest, and thank you for your messages. I love everyone, everyone. I love these, these emails. Uh, Al goes in deep on this one. But basically, the takeaway is like... So he says, getting rid of Hollins does more harm than good to a franchise that needs to stop trying to make a splash and shake things up and start building around the people that want to actually be here. Um, basically, he's saying, like, is now the time to fire a guy like Lionel Hollins going into the free agency? Does that put us even in a better position? Is that the wise thing to do um, just in terms of making our franchise seem viable? Let me turn this question around. Yeah. What's a better chance that Lionel Hollins is done as coach at the end of the season, or that he continues as coach? Done. Like he, what's he's, more likely? What's more mind? likely that he's fired or that he stays on? Dude, I told you my rumblings. He's gone. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I should listen more. <laughs> um, no, I actually do think he's going to get fired. Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah. Um, I think that, and the problem is that um, Lionel Hollins is a beacon of negativity. And it is obvious to everyone that enters his orbit that he's just uh not not the kind of guy you want to be around a bunch of young players that are invariably we're going to have to appeal to a bunch of young players in the future you know i know we don't have the draft picks now but it's not he's not being a disciplinarian only works if you like you know if you win if you win and if you're high functioning and if you're like if you people trust that you can make you know timely decisions and right. none of those things I don't, I don't know what happened in Memphis. What happened in Memphis that that guy was winning games? Like, was it just like Mike Connolly and... But even there, it was obvious because they fired him. Even there, it was obvious that it, it didn't work out. He was winning games and they still got rid of him. You know? So now this team's at the point where they're not winning games. There's not that much improvement. Yeah. And he's still... There. So I don't, I don't think they should fire him midseason because I don't really know what that does. I it just I don't think it does that much, but no, doesn't do anything. You want to fire him at the end of the season, though. I think they're going to. I'm pretty sure. And they're going to get Calipari, and Mike Shevsky is going to be the GM. And yeah, those are the rumblings. Um, <clears throat> moving along, Chaboy Lou Estevez sent a really nice note, and he said that Brian 
Brian's team, his my Star Wars starting five, would have beaten your your five. That's a lie. You're that's just not. Of, that's not. Look, no, 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 no. But he's still a liar. Oh, he's lying. My um, my that's team. Not a li- it's not a lie. My team would have went two three zone. General Grievous at the at the three would have dominated. Yo, I found out that he's seven one, and yeah. he, and you had him at point guard. You loser. No, you I talk? didn't. Yes, you did. Look, listen to the thing back again. You did. You did. You, I and now you're a liar. I may have. Now I know who's a real liar. Magic don't, Johnson was great. He was six nine. Don't li- <laughs> don't listen to him. Why would size matter? Doesn't matter in terms of the negatives. Jeez. Why? What, what why? Oh, who's doing? ever said he's too tall to play basketball? That's of, never been said what kind before. Of sexual That's never been a Rendos. You're talking about with size matter. <laughs> That's uh. <laughs> All right, so news around the league will make this short and sweet. There's been a lot of like Suns news lately. Uh, Markeith Morris, who is actually one of my Thad Young trade possibilities, um, he's been grumpy and sad. His brother was traded early in the season, and he was suspended for throwing a towel at Jeff Hornacek. Jeff Hornacek's two two top assistants got fired, um, and just recently they said that. Uh, just today, Eric Bledsoe's done for the year. Mm. Um, what is interesting is that them, along with the 76ers, I feel like we talk about the 76ers every week, but them along with the 76ers at a certain time were both the rebuilding teams that were amassing draft picks. But what happened was the Suns ended up being good. Um, now at this point, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the Suns with like, Brandon Knight, Eric Bledsoe, a couple of other young players who may be good, maybe not, and then just a clogged up cap sheet? Or would you rather just still have the bevy of draft picks, all the young talent that the Sixers had? Like what what would you what is the more successful thing for you? Well, I guess in those instances like players like Brandon Knight and Bledsoe uh, and a couple of other guys are, are maybe like actually worth something in a trade. Um, outside of Jaleel Okafor, really, and maybe Bob Covington, I can't say that there are any actual players on the 76ers that are worth anything. Like, sure. Asset wise. So, um, I think they're in probably like pretty similar places, except, I don't know, it's, um, I mean, I just don't, what's it, the Suns are just so interesting because they don't, I don't, they didn't realize that they were going to be good. And they didn't really want to be good. And they ended up being good, and then they kind of completely changed their plan about what they were going to do. And now they're just, just not that all that interesting. They kind of blew. I, I mean, would you rather have Brandon Knight and a uh, Cleveland Cavaliers pick is what which what they got, or you'd rather have Isaiah Thomas and the Lakers potential top five pick? I mean, Isaiah Thomas looks amazing right now. So it's like, I don't know. It's it's just interesting that they that they've decided. They basically decided not to follow the plan that they initially laid out, and it's kind of blown up in their face. Would you take a chance on Markeith Morris, though, even if you couldn't have his brother with him? What's Isaiah Thomas's contract like? Um, I think it's eight million a year for the next two years. Hmm. He he was a cheap signing. He was a he was a guy who was kind of out there for anyone to be had. No, he's having an awesome season. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know about these Morris. I, doesn't it's not going to solve our problems. We we the the problems that we have are more related to the backcourt than than I mean I you know 
fine. It would be fun to have him, but like, if we, we would really need a. What are you looking at? Looking at rentals? Uh, are you looking at Zillow right now? No, I'm just looking at uh, new news. Oh. I'm trying to find the next news item <laughs> while you talk. <laughs> uh, um, because I put all my all my energy into the grades. No, that's good. I mean, this is we're we're, we're going to make quick in and out of this. Basically, this the. I, to to say like the Suns and Sixers are I, I don't know if they're in a similar boat or not but um I mean I I think that the 76ers have serious problems and that that stem from like their PR issues and I think that people really underrate like basically agent relationships with franchises and I think that's a yes. huge part of um you know why any player decides to sign with one team versus another it's you know as much to do with what an agent tells you is well the deandre jordan thing the reason why he signed with dallas initially at all was because of his agent apparently um and so yeah it's like the and it's the reason for the brian colangelo signing uh for 76ers is partly to like you know this is a guy with you know serious um roots and in you know just basketball in general and has really good you know good standing with with players and their agents and et cetera, et cetera. And so um, that's the reason for that, because like Sam Hinkie had undone so much like relationship building. I mean, even in the small dealings that he had with the with the Nets, like they like they came out looking like a little snakish, like the Kirilenko thing where they doubled back on the sign and release. Tom, you know, picking up Thomas Robinson off waivers when he had already agreed to sign a contract with the Nets, things well, like that. All the, the little penny pitching stuff on the second round contracts where yeah. they basically sign they make these guys sign a deal not make them but the deal that they offer is you get like one year guaranteed and every year after that is a, a team option yeah these little things that like uh what was it kj mcdaniels turned down right he says i'm i'm, I'm only going to take a one-year deal or something like yeah, that i mean if you treat these people like they're like just like assets on paper they're going to treat your franchise like you are simply like an employer it's not there's no emotional connection between any of those players and their and it shows and it's you know when like dedicating yourself like putting yourself out on the you know winning basketball t- takes energy you know and if you're not that's i think this is the reason why they haven't they've only are they still only won one game is that true what's that the 76ers, 76ers, yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me that people they don't want to give the effort because they know that it's not going to be reciprocated. That's that's the bottom line. There's no reciprocity there. It's a very callous enterprise, and that's what they're up against. My well, other news item, and I was looking it up as we were talking. Um, Matt Barnes suspended two games for the Derek Fisher incident. Mm-hmm. Should he have been suspended for something that seemed to be, well, 100% off court and was directly personal? My thing is that I don't think he should have been suspended. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know all the details. The NBA knows more than I do. But to me, it was a, really a domestic, you know, sort of dispute between two men over sort of that kind of like a domestic issue that really had nothing to do with the NBA. And and, and it wasn't in terms of it wasn't like the domestic abuse stuff where it was. Um, you know, something that made the NBA look bad. It was sort of just like a personal thing, a personal disagreement. I just don't think, I don't think the NBA, I think it was, a, it's an overreaction by the NBA to suspend Matt Barnes in this situation. I mean, obviously we don't, have, we really have no details about what happened. He's kind of like judiciary, like I really have no idea where to stand. I don't know. It's very hard for me to say that people are good or bad or do like they should. Yeah, they should I just be don't think that they should have even. Susp- I'm too, I just I'm too liberal. Smells. That's the problem with me. I'm a I'm a bleeding heart. You know, I lay, yeah. I lay it all out on the line. 
I hear you. <laughs> All right, man. You're so, that way too, Smeltz. I know. I'm um, big time. Um, so the Nets are not that good, but the oh. new year is upon us, yeah. and this franchise has shown that when the new year, when the oh, new yeah, year changes, they turn it around. So the new moon. Um, All right, we'll take us out. Well, happy new year. So give us the to spiel. You, Ryan. Come on, before the finger ups. Uh, check us out on Twitter at BK. We always check us out on iTunes, which blues, which blue eyes, and thank you all for listening. Woo! Show that now you can now go home.